It's time for another holiday hot mess episode of Keeping the Yuletide Gay with Gason. So spike your nog and harness your special reindeer, because we are dashing our way back out of the Christmas closet. Welcome to another episode of Keeping Yuletide Gay with Gason, or as my friends call me, just Jason. We are in October, which means we are just two short months away from our favorite time of the year. So in today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of Santa's scarier helpers in Iceland, check in on Christmas Carol, head back to the kitchen where Mrs. Claus has a crunchy candy treat for you, and get some tasty or rather tasteless gift ideas from Naughty Ned. And we'll determine if the Munster's scary little Christmas is a classic or not so classic Christmas special. So let's get on with the show and start with our festive fun fact. soon I wanted to take a moment to talk about one of Santa's scarier helpers but ended up really kind of needing to talk about 15 of them because well they're a family they're they're literally an entire gaggle of helpers have you ever heard about the 13 Yule lads from Iceland because I hadn't until recently when I started researching them I think they're truly fascinating, and with all the information that's available out there about them, I'm really surprised that they haven't caught on in America. However, I truly believe with folklore catching on the way that it has, uh, that we will begin to see the Yule Lads a little bit more in American culture going forward. So who are they? Well, Icelandic Christmas folklore tells us about a family of mountain-dwelling characters who come to towns during Christmas to terrorize the villages. Stories are then told to scare children into doing good deeds or being better. The family is full of pranksters and thieves who steal from families during the night and also eat bad kids. You heard me correctly. I said they eat bad kids. Because apparently, nothing says Christmas spirit like a low cannibalism. So as I mentioned, there are 15 members of this mountain family. The first is their mother, Grilla. Now, she's described as a giant woman who's beyond repulsive. And originally, Grilla had three husbands and 80 children. So clearly, Grilla has got it going on somewhere, folks. Now, the oldest poems about Grilla describe her as a beggar who walks around begging parents to give her their disobedient children. She can be stopped by either giving her food or chasing her out of town. Originally, she lived in a small village, but in later poems, she was forced out of town to live into a cave. So current day Grilla, now, as these stories evolve, she consents children who are misbehaving year round. During Christmas time, she'll leave her cave, 
hunts for bad kids, brings them home in her giant sack, and then her favorite thing to do is make a stew of bad kids. She does have a stay-at-home hubby. His name is Lepelude, who is husband number three. And there's not a lot known about him except that he's pretty lazy and he stays at home and he also likes to eat naughty kids stew. However, the most important thing to know about Lepelude is that he is the father of their 13 sons, otherwise known as the Yule Lads. Now, the Yule Lads are sometimes referred to as the Yuletide Lads or Yulemen, and they are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal and harass kids and families. So they come to town one by one during the, 13, the last 13 nights before Christmas or Yule, starting on December 12th. They leave at the beginning of Christmas Day, one per day, in the order that they arrive, so that each of them actually stays around 13 days. So let's talk about these fellas. Now, I just want to make a note. I don't speak Icelandic, so I'll be using their English names, which are also pretty amazing. Starting on December 12th, we have the first lad to arrive, Sheep Coat Claude. Now, he said to suck milk from sheeps so that the family would not have milk to drink. Yep, he sucks sheep milk. Now... These days, I'm assuming he would probably just go to a refrigerator unless the family is still living on a farm that has sheep. Either way. On December 13th, his first brother arrives and his name is Gully Gawk. And he's known to hide in barns and steal the froth of the milk left in milk buckets or directly steal milk from cows. So he's got a thing for the froth. December 14th, Stubby arrives next and he's known for being unusually short and for stealing pans so he can eat any crust that is left on them so we're talking about baking dishes here uh any crust or crumbs left on them uh stubby would steal the pan and eat it notice we never say he gives it back uh on december the 15th is when the first of the three liquors arrive and i'm not talking about liquor like we drink i'm talking about licking with your tongue the first one is Spoon Liquor. Now, he's known for being tall, thin, and stealing long wooden spoons to lick them. Basically, if you don't wash your dishes at night, Spoon Liquor is going to come in and steal all your spoons and lick them clean. Again, doesn't say he's giving them back. The next night is another liquor brother, and this time it's Pot Liquor. You're right. He's known to steal leftovers out of pots. So if you don't finish all your food or you don't secure it away safely, uh, pot liquor will come in and steal your pot and eat all the food out of it. And then December 17th, the third liquor arrives, bowl liquor. And uh, he is known for basically hiding under your bed. Now, what's interesting is that what they say is that people would eat off of a plate and then set the plate down by their bed instead of cleaning it up. And so because bowl liquor is hiding under the bed, he would steal your plate, lick it clean, and then steal it. Now on December 18th, here's where the real ass of the family comes in. His name is Door Slammer. He's the loudest one. And all he does is, especially during the night, will go around your house slamming doors just because he can. Now, December 19th is the night that Skier Gobbler arrives. And Skier Gobbler is known for being obsessed with, a, with the Icelandic yogurt Skier. So what he does is he tries to go through and steal and eat up all the Skier in your home. 
December 20th lad's name makes me laugh more than any other because I'm pretty sure I've called a few of my friends this before. He's known as Sausage Swiper. He's known to hide in the rafters and steal sausages that were being smoked. Insert your own jokes here because I could make them for about an hour. The next night we have the creepiest creeper on December 21st, which is Window Peeper. Now, Window Peeper would peek inside your windows to see if there is anything he'd like to steal. Pretty sure he was also being a creep and looking at whatever else was happening. But if he saw something in your house that caught his eye, he would break in later on and steal that item from you. December 22nd welcomes another weird fellow and his name is Doorway Sniffer. Known to have an extremely long, large nose and an amazing sense of smell, he usually uses it to seek out a yummy bread called leaf bread. Now, it's not actually made from leaves. It's just very thin sheets of, of dough, basically, put together to create a bread. On December 23rd, uh, Meat Hook arrives. Now, Meat Hook, just like his name, literally steals meat with his hook. And then on December 24th, our last lad arrives by the name of Candle Stealer. Now, what he does is he follows kids home and steals their unused candles or the remaining portions of candles that have been used. And then remember, they all leave in the order that they arrive. So starting on Christmas Day, you would start to say goodbye to each one of the lads, starting with Sheepcoat Claude. It's also important to remember that during the 13th century and many centuries following that, that the time between Christmas and the spring thaw in either April or May could really be tough times for families. There could be famine if there wasn't enough food or whatever if the livestock ran out. Which is why many of the lads, if you've noticed, steal food. These stories were really used to scare kids into taking care of their belongings and value the resources that they had. So someone coming along and stealing all your milk could be a huge detriment to your family. Which is why you should lock the doors of the barns at night. Um, having rodents coming in and stealing food off of plates, spreading disease, those kinds of things. It's worth mentioning that really the concept of the Yule Lads has actually evolved. In fact, starting back in 1746, the Icelandic government actually outlawed the custom of scaring children using the Yule Lads because even they said, hey, calm it down a little bit. And so as time has passed, the lads themselves have become more like Santa Claus in the fact that they actually leave presents each night during the 13 nights of Yule instead of stealing stuff. Some of them actually will, uh, kids will place their shoes on windowsills and each night a little present would show up if the kid was good. Now, if the kid was bad, they would get a potato. I like potatoes, but I can imagine getting a potato 13 days in a row is probably going to make you upset or make you change your behavior. So if you'd like to learn more about the old lads, because I honestly could probably talk about them for another half an hour, you can easily go out and research the 13 Yule Lads. You can Google and pull up tons of sites. There's a really good information on Wikipedia. A lot of lore sites out there have information. You can buy books on the Yule Lads. Um, a really great way to learn a little bit about them uh, in their traditional sense is to go onto YouTube and there is a video presented by Iceland Naturally where they actually read you the original poem of the Yule Lads. I want to tell you about 
a video that I found while searching for the Yule Labs on YouTube called Dem Yule Lads, D-E-M, by No Stress MS. And uh, it's a fantastic song. It's mashed up the 12 days of Christmas with the Yule Lads. So you need to definitely check it out. If you have a festive fun fact you'd like us to cover on the show, simply drop us an email at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leave us a quick 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. Get out your glue gun and Christmas ornaments. It's time for our favorite crafting Christmas drag queen from up north who always puts the mess in Christmas. It's time for Christmas Carol. OMG, it's me, Christmas Carol, your Christmas queen, who puts the mess in Christmas, don't you know? You know, it's always so nice to hear from fans of the show. I really like it because it makes me feel like a special little party princess. So, you know, I got an email at gay at gmail.com, plug, plug, uh, from, uh, from a fan of the show named Lindsay. And Lindsay, she says, she says, hey, Carol girl. With Halloween coming up and COVID, some of us are not in the mood or the spirit to celebrate. You know, many of us may even be staying at home instead of going to parties. Any tips for us homebound hotties? Well, listen, Lindsay. COVID hasn't been fun for anybody, you know. Around here, you can't even go to bars in some places. And some drag shows have been canceled left and right. So some queens are having to go online to do shows. And I swear to God, if you're watching a show online, you sure as hell better be tipping those performers because they need it too. All right? They're not doing it for free. They got stuff to pay for. Some of them should buy better wigs. Anyway, listen. You can still celebrate Halloween while you're homebound, okay? All you gotta do is find your inner Christmas carol, all right? And let her shine as bright as the star on top of a Christmas tree. So there's several things you can do, all right? But first of all, let me just tell y'all ladies something, okay? And some of you fellas out there too. You know who I'm talking about? The ones out there prancing around with your bare ass hanging out? That is not okay. All right, well, maybe it is, depending on where you're going. But the, the point is, listen... I told my friend, Mercury Poisoning, you can find her on the Instagram and the Facebook. If I don't plug her, she'll be upset. Listen, I told my friend, Mercury Poisoning, I said, honey, you know, maybe this year you don't go out looking like a $3 hooker, okay, on Halloween or any night, really. But listen, maybe this time more really is all right, okay? Put on some clothes and wear a mask for God's sake, all right? You don't have to go out there showing off all the goods, okay? So, speaking of costumes... There's all kinds of costumes you can do right at home, you know, okay? Uh, especially on a budget, because I know a lot of people out there are affected by their COVID. Some of them aren't making as much money as they used to, or some of them might not even have a job. So, you know, that doesn't mean you can't feel pretty. That doesn't mean you can't put on a costume and, and make yourself have a good time. You don't have to go to one of those fanciest, matchy Halloween stores, you know. You can make the gosh darn thing right at home. You just got to take some tips from Carol, all right? So listen, my favorite Halloween special is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And you know what you can do? You can go out to maybe a, a Goodwill or a thrift store in your area. Uh, you, or you, know, you can even go to one of the big back stars, all right? 
or maybe you have one at home. Just get yourself a white sheet, okay? Cut two eye holes in it and go, boo, I'm a spooky ghost. You know, that's all you gotta do. It's real easy. Or if you are inspired by Charlie Brown's outfit, you can cut a bunch of holes in it and tell people all you got was a rock as a treat all night. You can you can go out to a party or, you know, to a to whatever event, or you can even just wear it to answer the door for some trick-or-treaters that are brave enough to come out and get some candy from you. But here's the thing, your face is still covered, yeah, so you're practicing COVID responsibility, you know? And maybe you wanna gay it up a little bit. That's okay too. Take a purple sheet. Go be a purple spooky ghost. Or, you know, maybe you want to take, uh, you got a little bit more time on your hands. Go tie dye a sheet in rainbow colors. Go crazy with it. And you could be the gayest little spookiest ghost ever. Yeah. Another option is to go to your local dollar store and get yourself some rainbow crepe paper. Now, I know you probably call it streamers, but I'm calling it by its real name. It's crepe paper, okay? So you gotta go get you some crepe paper. And what you do is you get some white crepe paper and they usually come in a package for two for a dollar, okay? And have somebody help you out. Wrap yourself up like a cheap mummy or a daddy. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) it's really that simple. And if you wanna be a rainbow mummy and show your pride, get a bunch of different colored crepe papers, okay? Maybe you want to be a robot. All you got to do is go get some old cardboard boxes and buy some tin foil. And you can have a gay old time walking around going beep boop, pop, pop, beep boop all night, you know? You could even get one of those trash cans and put some foil around it and make those like your arm pads, your leg pads. You just got to get crafty with it. Halloween is a time to be really creative. And you've got, you know, all you got to do is, is get in your creative spirit and you can be the best little homebound hottie that you want to be. And you can, you know, stay at home and hand out candy or maybe even just watch some movies with some friends. In fact, that's another idea, Lindsay. You could actually hold a movie night in your backyard, depending on where you live and depending on the weather. And take a white sheet, hang it up, get yourself one of those fancy schmancy movie projectors and uh, play, play a movie on it. Yeah. You and your friends sit in the backyard. It'll be cute and cozy. You can even create some special plates of special hors d'oeuvres that you could hand out at the party, you know, prepackaged items, or maybe even have your guests bring their own snacks. That'll be a fun time. You know, I bet if you actually reached out to Mrs. Claus, I bet you she'd come up with some spooky treats for you, too. And you know, honestly, Lindsay, there's nothing wrong with turning your with your turning your porch lights off and just hanging out at home. You don't have to pass out candy, girl. If you wanna if you wanna eat a bag of Reese's peanut butter cups all to yourself, tear it up, honey. It is Halloween. Indulge yourself. Indulge yourself, okay? That's all that it is. Now, listen. If you're thinking of scary and you've got scary movies on your mind, you should check out a scary queen that's close to me. Her name's Roxy M. Valentine, which is, it's kind of funny because her last name's Valentine. You think, oh, well, why aren't you talking about her on Valentine's Day, Carol? But listen, she is a hottie horror queen. That's right. You can find her on Instagram or Facebook by looking up Roxy M. Valentine. And she's got lots of photos and Uh, You know, she'll tell you about her shows and she's got tons of videos of her performances. So, you know, they're pretty devilish. You got to check her out. But listen, everybody, my time is running short because I got to go finish up my costume. I've got three more tentacles to paper mache yet. So, you know, I'm making sure people stay six feet away from me. So until next time, keep crafting, y'all. 
Well, the sounds of sherry being poured let us know that it's time to head back to the Christmas kitchen for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Cheers. Hello, dear listeners. I'm so excited you've come back for another episode. You know, I'm beginning to get a little more famous and it makes me very happy. You know, I know people know who I am, but still, it's nice that you come to listen to my segment of the show. And we're back in my kitchen again because it is time for Mrs. Claus's tasty treats for your holiday fun times. Oh, you know... It's, it's Halloween time, and, you know, we actually celebrate Halloween here at the North Pole. We do. All the little elves dress up in costumes. It's adorable. Sometimes it's frightening, but you know. And I thought, well, what could I talk about and make for Halloween? And I don't want to make any gruesome treats this year. You know, it's the first year of the podcast. We've got to ease into things a little bit. Like I've eased into a glass of sherry already. <laughs> Anyway, so what I thought about was a time that I had to take some leftover candy and make a delicious treat. So today's treat is called Comet's Candied Crack. And I already know how it sounds bad. It sounds bad in more ways than one. Whatever, here we go. Now this recipe makes about eight cups, but you can make whatever you want. It's a very easy recipe, in fact. And you can use your leftover chocolate Halloween candy and make a delicious little treat for everyone. To eat throughout the holidays, or you can make it with your leftover Christmas candy, too. Mmm. So, again, what you're going to need today, get out your pens, write it down. This comes directly out of my big box. My recipe box is what it comes out of. (sighs) All right. You've got to have all kinds of things that you're going to need today. So you got to have two cups of coarsely broken mini pretzels. That means we're going to cut them up a little bit. And then a fourth a cup of brown sugar, two tablespoons of granulated sugar, (laughs) a third cup of dry milk Powder. Now that's the key ingredient is the dry milk powder. You know, you can find this in the baking section of your stores and they come in little packets so you can buy a box full. Uh, trust me, you should always have it on hand just in case of an emergency. Anyway, um, you'll need six tablespoons of unsalted butter melted. Make sure you get the unsalted kind. You don't want it to be too salty. You've got pretzel salt already. And then you'll need... Now, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. The recipe calls for 12 ounces of cut-up chocolate balls. Things like a Snickers or a a Reese's peanut butter cups or any kind of candy balls that you want, really. You can use any. But here's the deal. You make as much as you want. All right? We'll talk about it in a minute. For your tools today, you don't need that many, actually. You just need your measuring cups and your spoons like normal. Um, you need uh, a 
one medium cookie sheet, some parchment paper, two mixing bowls, your cutting board, and a chopping knife. And really, that's it. It's actually very simple to make. You could even have the kiddies help you with this, except for the cutting up part. But they can do all the other work for you. Yes, they can. Now, you know every recipe from Mrs. Claus's kitchen always starts with a glass of sherry. So I've already finished one. Let's go ahead and get our second one going here. Just keep filling it all the way to the top. There's, oh, oh, it splashed me in the face. My God. Great. Well, you know, he knows I have a little bit of a nip every now and then. He might just smell it on me this time. <laughs> oh, it got up in my eyebrows this time. It did. All right. Okay, back. Ooh, it's a good year, too. Okay. So, as we always want to toast our success and say, I've got a new one. Normally I say cheers, queers, but I found a new toast and I thought it was really nice and I like it. So here we go. It goes, here's to those who've seen it at our, oh, I've already messed it up. Here we go. One more time. Here's to those who've seen us at our best and seen us at our worst and can't tell the difference. <laughs> oh... You know, it doesn't matter how many times I sip it. It always tickles my tongue to have a full glass of sherry on hand. It just makes everything go by so much faster and easier and less stressful. It's true. It really does. It makes it go by less stressful. I don't know why. Anyway. All right. So the first, uh, so step number two is you're going to preheat the oven to 275 degrees. And then we're going to get out our cookie sheet, which I thought my assistant already had out, but clearly not. So I'll do it myself. And clearly they haven't cleaned up the pans. That was on the agenda for last week, Emily. All right, anyway, calming it down, calm it down. So you're gonna take your cookie sheet and you want to line it with parchment paper because it's easier to clean. I'm telling you right now. So get out your parchment paper, measure it accordingly, and just give it a good old tear and line your sheet with it. You know, if you have extra, you might want to cut it off just to be safe. But um, you definitely, you know, just line the... God, it's all... Hold on. There we go. All right. Nope, still not right. i got to give it a little bit of a trim. I got the big box this time. I should have gotten the little sheets that you can just put out. Okay. There we go. And our cookie sheet is lined with the, the parchment paper. Got it in there. There we go. Okay. Now, um, we've got that going. So the next thing we've got to do is, uh, that's our prep work. That's your prep work. It's pretty simple. You can prep a little bit more, but whatever. So, uh, the next thing we're going to do is we've got to chop our pretzels. All right. So you're just going to take, now we want to use the mini pretzel twist. Don't get the big ones. It won't, it won't be as fun. And you want to measure out about, you know, enough of the core of the pretzels should be chopped. Oh my god, they're all over the floor. Okay. Well, you know, it's just fine. It's fine. We put enough in there, and then what I like to do, um, you can have the kids help with this too, is you put it in one of those um, sandwich bags. You put the pretzels in there, and you, it's, you know, just dump them in the bag, and then you get to have a good time. Um, 
crunching them up. And there are several ways you can do it. Like I said, you could have the kids go by and just take the bag and give it a good whack on the counter. Because we don't want them smashed. No, we don't want like a paste or a or a breading. We just want them crunched up a little bit. Or you can, you know, take them in your hands and, and squeeze them up that way. Again, if you want the kids involved, that's a good way to do it. Make sure you have at least two cups when you're done. Uh, you can also take your rolling pin and pretend it's your husband. <sighs> Just kidding, honey. I love him. You know, every now and then, though, we have a bit of a row. And that's all right. Married couples go through sometimes, you know, even even Santa does. You know, sometimes we are... Uh, there we go. All right. I'm getting a little too personal, so we're going to move on. Now we've got our crushed up pretzels. Again, we don't want it into like a, a, a bread in. No, you want to be able to eat them. So we've got our crunched up pretzels and what we're going to do is we're going to take our first mixing bowl and you're going to dump the pretzels in the bowl. Look at that. Put your dishes in the sink and hopefully your elves will do the right job this time and clean. So and then you're going to take um, you've got to mix in all the kind of fun stuff in with the pretzels. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to mix in our brown sugar, right? So we've got our brown sugar out here and we need a fourth cup of brown sugar. And we're going to make this fourth cup of brown sugar and then two tablespoons of regular sugar. All right, so a fourth cup of brown sugar and get, you know, get in there. Get all the brown sugar out that you can because you want it. It adds a nice sweet uh, texture and taste to what we're doing. So making my little brown sugar here. And you just put it right there on top of the pretzels. It's fine. They don't care. Get that out of the way. I need a bigger kitchen. It's fine. I've only asked for it for four years. It's okay. I'm going to be getting one, you know. Uh, Mr. Mr. Claus has... Um, my husband, you know, he's going to be making me a new one. So uh, we're going to add two tablespoons of regular granulated sugar. Don't use powdered now. That's not the right thing and it'll taste awful. So we've got our two teaspoons of, of regular sugar in there. That moved out the way. And so then we're going to take our dry milk powder. Now, if you've forgotten, you need to have a third cup of the dried milk powder. And again, you know, this dried milk powder can be used uh, year-round, you know, just in case you don't ever have real milk available, you know, there's a snowstorm or whatever, you can make it, make some kind of a milk with the dried milk powder. There's lots of recipes online of things you can do with the dried milk powder. So, you know, you should always have some on hand. It's a kitchen staple. It truly, truly is. So mix the powder in there. Oh, God, there's dust everywhere all over the All right. Ooh, okay. Ooh-wee. And after we've got all that in there, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to pour in our, um, our butter on top of the pretzels and make sure they're all coated really, really well. So remember, it's, it's your butter's melted. And see, this is the reason we don't want salted butter, because there's salt already on the pretzels. So get your little kitchen helper to get in there and just coat everything. It already smells lovely. There is such a wonderful fragrance that comes off these pretzels. 
Yeah. And you want to try to get everything coated. Now, not everything's going to be coated in everything, but you want to try to get the, the pretzels, you know, as coated as possible in the bowl. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, that one looks lovely. Mm. Mm. It smells so good. I don't know how to explain it, but you want to eat it right out of the bowl, but don't. We don't want that. <laughs> no. So now what we're going to do is we're going to spread out the mixture evenly on the cookie sheet. All right, so we're going to put our cookie sheet back out here. And we're going to spread the pretzel mixture out. And, and, you know, make it as even as possible so that everybody gets a good coating. And, you know, you don't have big lumps. Because what's going to happen is we're going to bake it and you don't want too big of chunks sticking together because it won't make a good, you know, to be a little too clumpy. So, you know, we want to get that out of the way. Here we go. All right. Now we're going to, remember you preheated your oven to 275 and we're going to bake our pretzels and stuff together for 20 minutes which seems like an awfully long time, but it's really not. Because during that time is when you can start cutting up your candy. Because that seems to take a bit of time. So you're going to cut it up into inch sized pieces or smaller and, you know, just give it a good chop, chop, chop. I would say for the adults to do this part, you know, the kids have helped. You're probably wondering, well, hold on, I need a sip. I'm getting out of breath. Oh, okay. You never know when a sip turns into a gulp. <laughs> okay. So you're probably wondering, where did this recipe come from? Well, guess what, kiddos? It's time for story time, which usually gets me in trouble. But you need to know. So uh, most of you, or all of you, should know who Comet is. Comet is one of Santa's reindeer. You know. So he's honestly the strongest reindeer. But a little bit about Comet that you may not know is he's also the most competitive. So, you know, he's always looking for a way to get faster or pull more weight than everybody else just so he can kind of boast about it. He's also in charge of the young reindeer, you know, doing their games and their training. Uh, you know, if... If I could be honest, which I'm going to anyway, and I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble, but you know me, I'm independent, I'll do what I want. Comet's more of a jackass than a reindeer. I'm just going to say it. You know, I, it, all right, I'm going to be nice. Be nice. Mary Elizabeth, be nice. Have another sip. Okay, back to the story. So he's the middle leader of the court eight to the reindeer, meaning, you know, it goes Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, you know. He's, he's the leader of the middle core. So uh, he, part of his job, you see, is he has to carry a big bulk of the weight. The first four are there to get the speed going, and then you have the other four whose job it is to pull the bulk of the weight of the sleigh. So he gets, you know, a lot to practice carrying around heavy things by carrying around that giant size ego of his. But, um, okay, all right. Anyway, reindeer eat a lot of food to keep up their strength. 
But they also like to have some snacks along the way. So, you know, sometimes you might see pictures of Santa's reindeer without feed bags. And other times you might see them with feed bags. And that's because, you know, travel around the world, it's a little tiring even for Santa's reindeer with magical powers. So they like to have snacks along the way. So anyway, one day, Comet comes bolstering into my kitchen and says to me, listen, we need something sweet. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he said, we need to keep up our energy on the long flight. So listen here, Lady Claus. I want it sweet, salty, and crunchy. I don't think anyone ever in my life has called me Lady Claus with such vim and vigor. That's a nice way to put it. So anyway, I thought, all right, I'm a nice lady. What can I come up with to get him out of my kitchen? So I thought, okay, well... They want something salty and crunchy. And we've always got pretzels at the North Pole. Uh, It's one of Santa's favorite treats. They don't really talk about it in the storybooks. But, you know, sometimes Santa loves a good crunchy pretzel. So there's lots of pretzel recipes that we make around Christmas, too. Um, You know, go out and look them up. Yes, me. Santa likes a good pretzel. If you want, leave him some cookies and a handful of pretzels. He'll be happy. So I realized, okay, we've got pretzels. We've got sugars, of course, and batters. And and I looked and I thought, oh my gosh, we've got a lot of leftover candy. And I thought, well, you know, what would it be like if I mix it all together? So I went out busy and and started testing recipes. And of course, I had to work with Comet because my husband said it's best to work together and get along and get past our differences. Even though my difference is being kind and nice and his is being an egotistical bastard. So anyway, Comet finally came across one that he liked and it's this recipe here. In fact, he started to eat it so much he kept requesting it before Christmas. So we, you know, I kept making it and making it. He seemed to get a little addicted to it. So then we gave it to the other reindeer and everybody was happy and that is what they snack on every Christmas Eve as they travel around the world, giving gifts out to all the children. It's like their own special their own special treat. Now, I don't let them have it the rest of the year. It's only during Christmas Eve. Well, we still got about 15 minutes for the pretzels to bake. And I'm already getting annoyed because I see a certain nosy, egotistical reindeer hanging around looking at me. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And uh, we will, uh, you know, come right back after that pretzel mixture has baked. Now, uh, you know, I'm back. (laughs) So listen, after you take out the pretzel mixture out of the oven, you got to let it cool for a good 20 minutes. You want it to be cool enough to touch without hurting your fingers or the little one's fingers. So just make sure, you know, that you um, let it air out for a bit. Let it, let it cool down don't get too excited let it cool down um it it smells wonderful in your kitchen i cannot tell you how wonderful it sounds so you know give yourself a little bit of time i'll be right back um we'll take another little break and we'll check back in once the mixture is completely cooled 
I'm going to have some more sherry. back dear listeners it's you know oh the elves and i had a conversation about keeping the kitchen neat and tidy hmm. well so we're going back to our last bit of the recipe what were we make oh yeah we're making the pretzel thing okay so you got your, your pretzel pieces of cooled and it smells del- <laughs> delicious in here and so now what you've got to do is mix your pretzel pieces with your candies and to do that you just get a bowl <laughs> and we're going to just i like to layer it a bit so you know put, put it's so nice and fragrant unlike comets please sorry ned Anyway, so just layer it in a little bit at a time, you know, do a little layer of pretzels and then a layer of chocolate. It just helps when you're mixing. So you just got to put it all in a, in a good size bowl. And dump all the crumbs too. They're very good with the chocolate as well. So we're just getting it all in there. And then all you got to do is just spoon it around. And then, you know, you've got your Comet's Candied Crack ready to go. And you can serve it at any time. But remember, you got, you got to get the pretzels to be cool because you don't want to melt the chocolate on everything. I mean, you might want a little bit, but not a lot. And now you've got it all mixed up and everyone will be like, Oh my God, I love to eat Comet's Candied Crack. Oh dear, I think that might be a good spot to stop. Have another glass of sherry on me, my loves, and I'll see you next time. Until then, happy taste reading. Welcome to another episode of Classic or Not-So-Classic Christmas Specials. Um, this week's Nesty Bestie co-host is the one and only my friend, Pamela. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. You were on our earlier Hall- uh, one of our Halloween episodes with Gabby and with Gason. So if you enjoy Pamela after this, you should totally check out her episode of Gabby and with Gason uh, that aired uh, about... I don't know, a few weeks ago. So uh, check it out. It's a really good one. Lots of funness. Um, so you're one of my people who adores Halloween, right? I love Halloween. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, so I, when I invited you on the show, I was like, normally I give everybody like 
choices of just random named Christmas specials. But I wanted something that would be more Halloween focused, but still a Christmas special. And so I very much I just told you, hey, we're doing the Munsters Scary Little Christmas. And you were very excited about it. So I thought, okay, we'll do this one. You're excited about it. I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know how excited I am about it after I watched it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Was that sigh an agreement sigh, I think? Yes. <laughs> it was something. Yes, that is a great word for it. Something. Um, for those that don't know, uh, the, the, it's, a, it's a movie called The Monster Scary Little Christmas, and it came out in 1996. It was a made-for-TV movie, and um, it's not the original cast, because I think some of them were dead when this came out. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe it was me, but it's always hard, I think, when you try to recast iconic characters into something else. Would you agree with that? Yes, totally. Like, this cast tried. There's one of them that I don't think tried at all, and we'll talk about him in a second, but they tried. They, and some, there were glimmers. Some of them definitely had glimmers of the original characters. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yes. So I'm not even going to go over the cast list because it's not, I don't know. I don't even think it's that important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What did you think about the guy playing Herman Munster? Um, I think he tried. Um, I just, I just don't think you can redo Herman Munster. I just, uh, uh, and and it was weird in color as well. Um, so the, it was just, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, what I. It's so hard to talk about this show. Like I did have some funny scenes, or you know, there's a lot of good side mm-hmm. gags and stuff like that, but. It was really hard. It was very jarring at the beginning. Um, in fact, my, my very first note that I have written down is, um, I miss the old cast. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, I already missed the old cast. Now, something I did like, though, Pamela, was the fact that they played the Munsters theme at the beginning, but mm-hmm. they wove in some Christmas music into it. And I thought that was really a really good touch. Mm-hmm. So I did like that. I thought that was good. What was your first thought, I guess, honestly, before we really even get into most of it? When you first started watching it, what were your first kind of feelings and thoughts on it? Um, I was like, oh, this is so 90s-tastic. Um just the way they, they went about everything because like people were jogging with Santa hats on because people just do that, you know, in real life. Um, uh-huh. Jog with a Santa hat on in Southern California. Um, just because. If, if I jogged, I would jog with a Santa hat on at Christmas. Yes, you would, but you would probably... <laughs> 
we would put you in the monsters family because of that though yes truth <laughs> truth yeah so you said it was a little jarring that it wasn't in black and white yeah I, my first note is weird in color like and that mm-hmm. was even before like we get to the house and the family just like seeing the the twinkling christmas lights and stuff i did like how christmas it looked like that totally took me back to how christmas um looked in the 90s so that was nice okay so a little I, I agree it was i mean it was it's definitely dated for sure mm-hmm. i mean there was not a cell phone in sight no <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because back in 96 there weren't that many cell phones kind of around as 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 they are today so that that makes sense so let's let's talk about the cast a little bit more um so the guy playing herman tried and there were i think there were glimmers of the original herman yeah every now and then he didn't do enough of that that when herman would like drop his mouth open and go uh, huh, you know like that um, yeah obviously not herman monster material yeah yeah well neither was this actor but we uh you know it's the 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 dad from the adams family values um that had the girl at the camp it's that actor yeah they yeah he was the snooty he always plays like a snooty rich guy or a arrogant lawyer or an arrogant whatever um, it, you're right. That's who he was. I was trying to think of where I'd seen him before. He's been in a ton of movies where he plays somebody arrogant. Now, I recognized him from a very brief scene in Christmas Vacation. He was Clark Griswold's co-worker that we saw at the office a couple oh, of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah. I recognized him. That man never ages, I swear. I don't think he ages. No, he, he looks been insane. like 45 his whole life. Yeah, probably when he was eight, he looked 45. <laughs> um, which is great. I won his skincare routine. Um, Lillian, I, I, we don't even have to talk about her because she did not impress me. I just felt she was annoying. So that's my note. Lillian was annoying. Marilyn was played by Elaine Hendricks. And the reason I will give out her name is because I love Elaine Hendricks. Because right now she is playing... Um, on the new dynasty as the second slash third version of Alexis Caddington. And she's fantastic. And I love her. Um, so yay, Elaine Hendricks. Yeah. That totally also, makes sense. Now that you did, say that. Did you feel like her dress every time she changed clothes kept getting shorter or was it me? <laughs> no. I was like, every time I was like, if she keeps going, I'm going to see her Nana, and I don't want to see that. Sorry. I love you, Elaine Hendricks, but not enough to look at your Nana in the Munsters scary little Christmas movie. I was like, girl, if that skirt gets any shorter, every time I was like, man, all right. I mean, you got great legs and you want to show them off, but oh yeah, girl, wrap up, wrap up a present. And, on there, do not peek until Christmas. And later in, in the um, in the show, when the elves are like hanging around her legs, Ugh. I was like, I bet they can see up there. Oh yeah, easily, <laughs> easily. Um, so here's here's who I thought did the best job. 
was the kid that played little Eddie Munster. To me, he is Christmas gold in this movie. He is what every child actor should try to be in a Christmas movie. He was sweet. He was adorable. He he played the comedy just right, but he played the Christmas melancholy perfectly. Yeah, he felt was, for him. Yeah, yeah, he was sweet. His name is Bug Hall. <laughs> That's his name. For real. That's his actor name. His name is Bug Hall. He's been acting since he was a kid. He's more famously known uh, for playing Alfalfa in the Little Rascals movie that came out in 1994. Oh. So, um, okay. Yeah, I don't know what his first name is. His name is Bug Okay. He goes by Bug Hall. So um, good for you, Bug Hall. Good for you. Yeah. Um, and then my next note is simply this. Oh, no. I hate Grandpa. Oh, my God. Grandpa was the worst. The worst. <laughs> I, like, my note here actually says Grandpa looks crazy. Well, here's my question. They're from Transylvania, right? Nobody really has an accent, but they're from Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Why does this version of Grandpa sound like an angry guy from Jersey? (laughs) Yes. Every time he talked, I was like, can you just not? Like, I didn't know what was going on with him. And it really drove me crazy in one scene. We were, they've obviously painted their faces, right? Yeah. Then they did nothing with their hands. No. (laughs) No. And you can really tell when, like, Grandpa's, like, reaching for stuff. It's like, okay, why is his face, like, blue, but his hands are just perfectly normal people color? Yeah. Yeah. He was the worst in this movie. It was was terrible. I actually took a rainbow candy cane away specifically because of Grandpa. Yes. He is awful. I don't care if he's a great actor. In this, he was... He was he was poop. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, not even like fun holiday poop. He was just poop. And I love Grandpa in the original show. Like Me too. So that just made it worse. That just made it hurt worse. It was like a candy cane to the heart. <laughs> he is the worst. <laughs> oh god, I hate him so much. Um Elaine Hendricks did a great job as Marilyn because she's Elaine Hendricks and I don't feel like she can do any wrong. So I mean, she really didn't have to do much, but act like kind of a a dumb blonde and she was perfect at it. Um, uh, I'm so glad you felt that way. I was like, gosh, what if Pamela likes grandpa? That that might challenge our friendship. (laughs) Like when he started talking, like the first thing he says, like my mouth dropped open and my brain just started buzzing. So I didn't even hear like the rest of his sentence. Like I have. Because it didn't make any sense. It didn't. I just, I was like, oh, Grandpa's from Jersey Shore. That's cool. Oh. It was just bad. And he never gets any better through the whole thing. No. He just never does. And he has no. a lot to do. Yeah. That's the worst part is yeah. he does have a ton. And you're like, man, take some of those lines away. Give them somebody else. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I guess we should talk about the plot. Which, by the way, this movie runs about an hour and a half, and they could have cut 30 minutes of it real quick. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, there's Um, so much going on. There's too much going on. Like, cut it out. 
In fact, exactly. you could probably cut 15 minutes of that is grandpa talking. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So here's what happens. It's Christmas. And this apparently takes place right after, I guess, the move from Transylvania to Southern California. So Mm -hmm. they're not fitting in yet. And little Eddie um, wears that horrible outfit that little Eddie wore all the time. Um, And uh, he's walking to I guess he's walking home from school with his one little nerdy friend. Mm -hmm. And there's a bully that like doesn't really beat him up, but just bullies him for being different and weird. And the bully steals Eddie's letter to Santa, which is one of my favorite quotes, by the way. So I just want to read to everybody. Um, Here's what Eddie wanted for Christmas. He wanted new torture spikes for his iron maiden. He wanted, and I want whatever this is. He wanted a Mr. Maggot head doll. What is a Mr. Maggot head? Uh, I don't want to think about that too hard. I want one. (laughs) He also wanted some Cobra Venom. Mm -hmm. And then my second favorite thing, and at first I didn't understand what the kid said, so I had to pause it and turn on the the subtitles. (laughs) Eddie also wants a little pumper gas chamber. (laughs) I was like, God, could we get any darker? Good lord! I felt like Eddie's letter to Santa was the darkest thing in the whole the whole movie. <laughs> it was, jeez. <laughs> um, so the the bully pushes Eddie face first into the. I don't know how Eddie landed face first in the dirt because. But whatever, he landed face first in some dirt and then they leave him alone and he goes home and the family's like, oh, it's Christmas and we're so excited. And Eddie's like, I don't care. <laughs> he he had some some definite holiday melancholy. Like he just he was very homesick. He wanted to go back to Transylvania. He doesn't like living in America. And I mean, really, who would when you have a kid that makes fun of you every day? So totally get that. So the family. Eddie goes to bed at what I only assume is five o'clock in the evening. It was really bizarre. He's like, I'm just going to go to bed. I was like, you just got home from school. (laughs) He's going to go to bed. What? He's like, what is Eddie supposed to be like? 10, 11, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Like, I would say, yeah, nine, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. You've never seen a child say, I'm going to go to bed at five o'clock at night Mm -hmm. in anything. So the family comes up with, a four part plan basically of how to get Eddie in the Chris to get Eddie's Christmas spirit back. Herman decides that Eddie needs to get the best toy for Christmas and they check. And this made me laugh. I did laugh out loud. The fears and Roebuck catalog, yeah. which is a play on the Sears and Roebuck catalog. I wrote that down too. It's so cute. What a fun, yeah. First of all, we don't even get the Sears catalog anymore, no. but do you remember getting that as a kid and going through like at my house, my parents would be like, go through and circle the toys that you think you would like from Santa. And it was one of my favorite things to do. I don't know if you got to do that as a kid or not, but the Sears catalog was my favorite. We got the Sears catalog and I went through and done it. I did that anyway. Even though I, <laughs> I did anything, I still went through and did it. Because it was a match. That was like, you knew it was Christmas when that catalog came. Like it was just legit Christmas. Ah. Um, so Herman decides that Eddie really needs to get, and literally, I have no words for this, the Marquis de Sade action figure torture playset. 
did he just say the Marquis de Sade? <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, what, uh, what does this play set look like? <laughs> Why is it for a child? Uh, every time he said it, I was like, can we please zoom in on the box art? I really want to see what this is. It's like whoever wrote this didn't really know, like, those old, like, stories and stuff. And yeah! Just kind, of, just kind of like, oh, this sounds cool. And then somebody signed off on it. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's really funny. Parents will like that. Uh, I guarantee my parents would have been super pissed. Oh, wow. Um, then Lillian decides that he needs more community involvement Mm -hmm. and they should, she and he, she and Eddie are going to decorate the house for Christmas and enter the neighborhood, uh, Christmas decorating contest. And then Marilyn decides that the family should get everybody from Transylvania together and have like a big old fashioned Christmas party with all of their family members. And then uh, horrible grandpa decides that what Eddie's truly missing is snow. And so he goes to his laboratory to figure out how to make it snow for Christmas. And then it sets up all of these like mini side stories, basically, mm-hmm. that some of them took way too long to get through. It's like um, everybody got a montage. Yeah. It's like there were so many montages. Montages? It was... Yeah, montages. I, I don't think they're... Yeah, that's the plural. They're, I, I, yeah. I don't think you call it montage yeah. <laughs> So... Well, you never like, see multiple, so I don't know. <laughs> well, why would you? Why would you expect to see that many montages? Um, I will say that one of my favorite scenes that won't make any sense. Normally I play the scene, like if it's got dialogue here in the show, but it doesn't make any sense because it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Herman gets all these odd jobs, right? He, he, um, he does, uh, gift wrapping. Um, he does something else. Donate. Giving blood. Yeah. And they couldn't get the needle and his blood was green and it was bizarre. My favorite, honestly, because I'm weird was when Herman decided to nude model for an art class. <laughs> they all run out screaming. They all run out screaming. And part of me was like, wow, if this was made today, <laughs> we would have seen how Herman was put together with his downstairs. Yeah. Um, I do love that they showed us his lower legs and how like his knees were all stitched together. And yes. Stuff. I'm like, you never get to see that part of Frank, uh, Frankenstein's monster, so... It was cute. Yeah. It was cute. I, it did make me laugh. Yeah. It did make me laugh. Um, so that's his montage, basically, of him trying to... Because he goes to his work, and the, his boss is annoying. Oh, my God. An advance for Christmas. I just think that boss deserves the Over After of the Year award. Yeah. Yeah. He and Grandpa were like running neck and neck for a while, but he only had a short scene. Yeah, had. that's that's the other reason. It's just like he gets a pass because he's just got that one scene. Yeah, it was it was a struggle. There were times I struggled through this show. Um, so then Lillian starts decorating the house with Eddie, and we meet their evil evil neighbor Edna, whatever her last name is. Dimwitty. 
dimwitty. Was she originally on the show? I don't remember. I haven't seen I the either. show like a lot since I was a kid. I catch it every now and then because it's on my TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always seem to catch the same shows. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I just I was like whatever. Her. She was unnecessarily stupidly dark and. Like, she hates the monsters. She refuses to touch them. I believe Edna Dimwitty is also, um, I'm just going to call her the R word. She's a racist. I can tell. Yeah. Um, she would not shake their hands. She didn't want to be touched by them. She was so repulsed at their appearance. I just think that she's probably just a horrible person in general. Yeah. And she was like um, literally clutching her pearls. Yeah. I wonder if that's where the phrase came from because somebody watched this movie and was like, I'm clutching my pearls the fact that I'm watching this movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, another one of my favorite scenes takes place in this thing. And again, it doesn't do it any good to play it on the show, but the decorations that they have on this house are insanity. But my absolute favorite is the guillotine deheading or beheading i should sorry beheading frosty the snowman oh yes over and over it was that was gorgeous like that was almost adam's family quality right there that's what i thought i was like this is i would put that out at christmas because i think that's funny (laughs) that's like dark funny that is funny yeah um i'd probably put it in like a backyard though because i don't want to scare the kids but i would put it in the backyard it's funny it was very creative i was really proud of you already um and then Marilyn's montage is her trying to invite everybody to the Christmas party. So it's basically her going to the mailbox. And the joke has always been that Marilyn is gorgeous in the eyes of humans, but in the eyes of the monsters, she is hideous. Yeah. So as Marilyn's walking down the street in a short skirt that I swear kept getting shorter every time she walked, like men are basically falling or wrecking their cars or whatever around her because she's so hot. And she meets a biker who didn't get a name for the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biker's name is Tom. And my note said he's 90s hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was thick. He was thick. Yes, he was. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but I was like, you're trying to be Jason Priestley, mm-hmm. but you're like, Jason Priestley's like thicker cousin. <laughs> I'm not mad about it, but it doesn't also make a lot of sense because this is in the 90s. Right. But he, he was thick. And he wasn't like ugly thick either. No. I mean, he was attractive. Yeah. Like I, if, he, if he crashed his bike next to me, <laughs> I would definitely say, hey, (laughs) because he's very attractive. Um, And then it's like this weird, not romance, but kind of romance between it doesn't make a lot of sense. They're just like instantly in love. It's so weird. Um, And then he actually gets kind of a plot. We have to go back to grandpa. As grandpa is trying to make it snow, he accidentally kidnaps Santa and brings him to the Munster's house as Santa's, I guess Santa's testing the sleigh, right? Like Yeah, the, they're doing like yeah. a test run. A test run. And Santa has two of the worst elves I've ever encountered in a Christmas movie since like Krampus. I think those elves, uh, like they obviously need to watch 
that HR video about sexual harassment, like, <laughs> every day when they come into work. Like, every day. What I, did I write about the elves? Keep going. I'm looking at my note. Keep going. Just, I mean, it was terrible. And that sounds like they were just overly so about the sexual sort of uh, preferences of elves. But that's kind of how the 90s stuff was. Um, yeah, uh, my note says the elves were disgusting. Yeah. They were but you're right. raunchy, thirsty little elves. Yeah, it was it was too much for like a show that I think was sort of aimed at kids. Yeah. Like it's okay to play with double entendre a little bit for parents, but like the elves, those characters took it way too far. Yeah, you can tell every this, time. This was for Fox and not for ABC. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. You're right. This yeah, this was definitely for Fox. You are correct. Um my other note says if we cut out the the crap with the elves, we would have saved so much time and this could have been an hour long special. Right. And it would have been better. It would have been better. The elves were horrible. The elves were The elves were overtly sexualized in the fact that all they wanted to do was hook up with girls while they were in town. They hated working for Santa. They kept calling Santa all kinds of horrible names too, like making fun of his weight. They just weren't I don't know. I was I'm really disappointed in whoever wrote that. Like I feel like you have zero Christmas spirit. So the elves think of it as a vacation. Grandpa can't figure out how to get Santa back home. Santa's flipping out. Um he meets the monsters finally, and Herman is so excited to meet Santa. But here's where I really loved little Eddie. When Eddie first saw Santa. Oh yeah. That took me back to being a kid, like seeing his eyes light up. Either that kid is an amazing actor or they didn't let him see Santa before he walked on set. Yeah. Because that Santa looked like Santa <laughs> like that is a to me, the guy playing Santa did an amazing job. He could have been a little older, mm-hmm. but it was fine. Like, but like the sense of wonderment in Eddie's eyes at seeing Santa was spot on perfect to me. That's me. I don't know what you thought. Yeah. And and the scene later with Eddie and Santa was just uh, one of the most heartwarming scenes in the in Is the that movie. your Is that one of your favorites or your favorite? Yeah, that one and then the very end. Okay. So, I kind of wrote down like the I tried to get the quotes from Santa and Eddie scene, but it's long, but um it's so sweet. <laughs> Barry. Oh, I know Hector. Don't worry. He 
names on my golden deer droppings list this year. <laughs> so what'd you do about Brainland? Made the best of it. Passed the time by learning to build toys. Pretty soon I had some friends, and Greenland actually felt like home. Like the guy playing Santa did such a good job because Eddie was tending his his scorpion farm. Yes. <laughs> Santa goes, careful! Don't don't touch him by the tail too much, or their tails will fall off. Yeah, it's like Santa. I was like, all about scorpion keeping. Yeah, yeah. And, and Eddie's like, what do you know about scorpions? And he's like, I'm Santa. I know a lot of things. <laughs> and like Santa didn't so judge. There was no judgment from Santa. Not at all. For any of the monsters. He did not judge at all. And that's what I loved about the Santa character. Maybe that's why they made the elves so awful. I don't know. To do like a juxtaposition. Yeah. I don't know. It was very sweet to see Santa really relate on that level to Eddie as a kid. You know? It was sweet. It was was one of the best scenes in the movie. It was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's my favorite scene, honestly. I really do. Santa had some really funny lines too. Um, when he accidentally showed up, he was, he said, "Where in the fuck oh, no. am I?" <laughs> I laughed out loud at that one. Oh gosh, I I will say, for as bad as this movie is, it did make me chuckle mm-hmm. and smile quite a bit. Yeah. It did. It did. It's not good. It's not a good movie. <laughs> but you know. So then the elves. I guess grandpa's ready to like, he's like, I figured out how to get you back home. And so the elves get mad about it because they want to stay and they want to go to the bar and get drunk and hook up with chicks. So they accidentally, this was the dumbest thing. This annoyed me through this whole scene could have been cut. They decide to, to put Santa to sleep, like sleep, sleep, not kill him, but just make him miss Christmas. So they keep partying, which really just makes you see how much, how awful they are. But they picked up the wrong vial of potion and they turn Santa into like a three foot tall fruit cake. And that's where I gave up on the movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I, I have to watch this for the show. But if this was me as a kid, I'd have been fast forward or I'd have been playing with He-Man toys and moved on. Yeah. I actually wrote down WTF um, Santa's a fruit cake. And like, and that's yeah. the last note I took. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I think yeah, it's the I think I took like two more notes and that was it. Um oh gosh, that brought a tear to my eye. Because it's dumb. It's dumb. I mean, the movie wasn't, like, bright in the first place, but that just, oh, man. It's It's so dumb. So, so dumb. It was a very pretty fruitcake. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) 
about as bitchy as I did. We just sound that way. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to sound that way. <laughs> I mean, they could have left the beard off. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when <laughs> I can't even describe it. It is a three foot tall fruit cake with like fruit and nuts, and at the bottom of the cake is a, it's wrapped in a Santa belt, and then there's the beard at the belt of Santa's beard, and then his hat is in the mm-hmm. middle of the cake. Just so that we're reminded <laughs> that there is a beard on the cake, and that it's Santa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so the, the judges show up to judge the the Christmas contest or whatever. And evil Edna, the neighbor, has won the past five years in a row. And there's like this random scene where these two guys show up to talk about how the Munster's house is an art deco piece that speaks about today's society. And they like go into this like art lingo and the head judge is like, really? Oh, okay. So the head judge brings all the other judges to look at the house and they're like, you like this? And he's like, well, obviously you don't, you aren't trained in art like I am. I was like, okay. But like five minutes ago you were sitting here going, I don't understand. And Edna shows up and Lillian just wants to be Edna's friend so bad. So she gives Edna, she's like, Oh, I, I got to get her a Christmas gift. And so she goes inside and she's trying to figure out what to get her. And she's like, Oh, this fruitcake that I don't know where it came from is just sitting on the table, suspiciously looking like Santa Claus as a fruitcake. And so she gives it to her. And then Edna takes the fruitcake and the judges back to her house to bribe them basically to pick her house over the Munsters. And this is another scene that could have totally been cut. She like fights with the fruitcake because it's a, it's basically a puppet almost. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So there's this fight with this fruitcake because the fruitcake, every time she gets, first of all, she's trying to cut it with a damn sword. (laughs) That is not enough. Oh, it was definitely a little... That was a like, sword. Yeah, it was definitely daggerish. <laughs> it was It was like a rapier. Is that the word I want to use? <laughs> rapier? That's the one with the little pointy, more pointy end with the big flourish. Oh. It was... What's the... I don't know what that sword was. It was... It was a sword. Um, And every time she cuts it, like, the cake starts to... It's like Santa's muffled voice, like he's trying to talk through cake batter. And then like the cake keeps moving, like it's breathing, which made absolutely no sense. And then she she tries to drown the cake in a bowl of eggnog. I was like, you're you're literally trying to kill Santa, ma'am. I know you don't know. But Pamela, if somebody tried to serve you food that was still moving, making noises and the Santa hat on it kept moving like there was a head underneath of it, would you want to eat it? I would have left too. And then she tries to drown it in this punch bowl of eggnog and gets eggnog all over herself. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to keep this clean for this show. (laughs) 
but she looks like she came straight out of a porn video. That's all I'm going to say. And she never cleans herself off. She takes the now eggnog soaked fruitcake back to the monsters and she's still covered in eggnog. And I was like, what? you wouldn't want to wipe off your face? Like, really, Edna? Is it? Okay. So eventually grandpa, no, it's Lillian. Lillian figures out how to turn the cake back yeah. to Santa, right? Yeah, it was Lillian. She did it. Yeah. And then they can't find the elves because Santa's got to have elven magic. Mm-hmm. So, so Marilyn figures out that the elves. Sorry. No, it's okay. So Marilyn figures out that the elves are down at the biker bar with her soon-to-be boyfriend Tom. So they go down to the biker bar, and this I did like this. They put they put Herman in a biker jacket. <laughs> well. I don't know why. I guess so he'd fit in. But they also brought Eddie to the bar. And I was like, he's a child. Well, that, you can't take a child into a bar. The outfit's back from the original show. Like, because um, I have a pot of him and he's in that outfit. So I think they were trying oh, to do a okay. throwback to the show, which I think is the whole reason they had her boyfriend, potential boyfriend, be a biker in the first place. Just so they would have a reason oh. to put him in that outfit. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. All right. So it's a little yeah. nod to the fans. Okay. I don't care. So I was like, oh, I get that reference. <laughs> I did not get it at all. I was like, this is dumb. So they yell at the elves and the elves are like, no, we're going to stay here because we want to party and get drunk and I don't know, hook up with people. So they leave to go back, and <laughs> this is where I also have a problem. <laughs> All of a sudden, this biker—I'm gonna—I'm gonna call her a biker chick because my note says hooker. <laughs> um, so this bike—I I, sure biker chick comes over to the elves, and first of all, her voice does not match her face. <laughs> She's talking in some weird Marilyn Monroe kind of voice, and she's like, I used to have a... No, wait, you can do a oh, better no. Marilyn. I... <laughs> do it. Here, I'll tell you what to say, and you, you, you do your Marilyn, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Okay, here we go. So you say to the elves, I used to have a thing for elves, but do it like a sexy Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a thing for elves. That's so good. So (laughs) she used to have a thing for elves, and then she goes off about how horrible they are. And then, I mean, she's dressed like a hooker. There, I don't. She's not dressed like a like a biker. S and M outfit. Yeah, it's again totally inappropriate. So the elves feel bad. And they show up back at the monsters and the monsters are trying to figure out what to do. And the elves are like, we're here. And Santa goes, yeah, you're here, but it's Christmas Eve. Like we don't have enough time to make all the toys. We don't have time time to get to the North pole to get the toys and get around to the kids. Christmas is ruined. And he's, and the elves are like, no, we brought help. And they brought all the bikers (laughs) from the biker bar. Yeah. And Christmas is magically saved. 
And then there's another montage of, again, it could have been cut. Her, they use Herman's head, which is another TV I, show from that the was <laughs> They use Herman's head on a machine, and if Herman looks at a toy catalog, that toy pops out of the machine, which made no sense, but whatever. Um, and I have lots of questions about that machine. But, so they get all the toys, they steal a sleigh, and then... Eddie's like, but what about the reindeer? And Santa's like, we're going to have to improvise. And then it shifts to another scene. (laughs) I can't even with this. All the bikers are harnessed up to be the reindeer. (laughs) I was so aghast. And then Santa calls them by name. And I was like, I don't even know what any of your names are right now. Because there are so many things wrong with this scene of all these bikers strapped in harnesses for a children's movie. Um, Yeah, that was another one when my mouth just dropped open and I just stared at the TV. Like, this is not happening. This is not happening. So then they, um, Santa lets Herman ride on the sleigh and Herman gets to be Santa's helper and they deliver all the toys. And then... He comes back and it's Christmas morning and he's like, oh, I almost missed Christmas, Lillian. And she is like, first of all, there's like this weird sexual thing happening with Lillian on Christmas morning. Yeah, she it was really weird. Like she was trying to be very seductive and 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 overtly sexual to Herman and then turns him around and goes, look, the whole family (laughs) came and the whole house as she got ready to seduce her husband. Um is full of like classic monsters and other monsters. So like there's the creature from the black lagoon and the wolf man, the invisible man, the mummy, uh, fan of the opera, uh, Jason Voorhees made an appearance. I don't know if you saw him in the background, but he was there. Um, (laughs) it was so weird. And they're like, you know, I'm surprised they didn't make a spoof of the Christmas, uh, this Christmas scene in a Charlie Brown Christmas when they're like, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. I literally was waiting for them to say, Merry Christmas, Herman Munster. But nobody did. And I feel like that would have been better. It probably would have been better. Yeah. So, dumb 90s hot, thick Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's dumb. He's He's dumb. Um, Tom's like, oh, I love the idea that you guys had like a, a Christmas costume party. That's an idea that's really going to catch on. And I was like, that's where you're going with this. That's the line they give you. And then they talk about how they're really happy Marilyn found somebody because she's so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they talk about <laughs> Lillian goes, well, have you seen Tom? He's no prize either. <laughs> And then Eddie gets to unwrap his present and he gets the Marquis de Sade action figure torture playset, And he's very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then they break out into a Christmas song that I actually really liked. And I can't, I don't know any of the lyrics, but it it's to um, God rest you, Mary gentlemen is the tune that they're singing it to, but it's all about ghouls and ghosts at Christmas. And I did like that. Like that makes my favorite. Quotes, yeah. And one of the, I sure. caught one of the lines is like, and blood and gore. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Did you have any other favorite quotes from it at no. all? I mean, 
I, <laughs> all right. What, uh, how many candy canes do you give it? Out of one out of five, how many rainbow candy canes uh, do you give it? I'm going to go with three. I have three oh, as well. No. I mean, I might watch it again, but I would not watch it every Christmas. I think it's going to be a great movie again, for when we're taking down Halloween and, and immediately putting up Christmas because that's basically what John likes. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a really good idea. Um, were there any gay, like out gay characters or any hidden gay characters that you I saw? I think the couple that talked about the art deco on the house, I'm guessing they were mm-hmm. because that's the only way the 90s understood how to explain a gay character. Um, yep. Was to make them yeah, um, overly artsy fashionable yep yeah yep i agree that's who i have down to is the is the them and i also think the main judge uh also could have tech could have been yeah. family too i don't know I um yeah there wasn't a lot of like I, there was some representation in it which makes me happy it just wasn't good representation right. um all right so here's the question we have to answer is this a classic or not so classic christmas special hmm I'm going to go not so classic. I also am going to go not so classic. We have not had a classic special yet. <laughs> I thought this one was going to um, do it, man. I thought so until I watched it. We both had very high hopes because here's the thing. Usually we just try to watch stuff streaming, but both you and yeah. I, <laughs> uh, buyer beware. We both bought the DVD with not ever seeing it thinking, oh, this would be so cute. Yeah, <laughs> that was a mistake. I should have just rented it for three ninety nine. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I could have saved six bucks. Um, <laughs> but one thing I do want to say is that because it was mm-hmm. a DVD, I don't know if you do this, but we used to love to do this, and we would when we would put in a VHS tape or a DVD, we would try to guess the movie. Um, like have the other person guess the movie about what the previews were. And did you see one of the previews was for the seventh season of Murder She Wrote? I I did. And I was very <laughs> excited about. It. Very. Excited and that's about one it. of the best things about this very. movie. That's sad. That one of the best things about this movie is a trailer for another show. <laughs> Uh, Pamela, thank you so much for coming You're on. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, come back next episode for another classic or not so classic Christmas special. Merry Christmas. Just when you think the show can't get any worse, it's now time for Naughty Ned's White Elephant 
gift suggestions. I'm sorry if anyone gets offended. Hi, I'm Maddie Ned. Santa's number 245,675 favorite elf. I'm back! This month's gifts are sure to tickle your friends' taste buds. Do you know someone who just loves ranch dressing? What about buffalo wing sauce? Or sweet corn? Or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? So much that they would rather drink them than eat them? Well, now they can. You can go out and get a six-pack of Lester's Fixin's Outrageous Wild Crazy Unique Flavor Soda Pop six-pack sampler set. That's a mouthful right there. Just look for Lester's Fixin's. I love ending each episode hearing a Christmas memory or tradition. I invited my friend Pamela back to tell us one of hers. If you'd like to share a Christmas memory, don't forget to email us at keepingtheyuletidegay at gmail.com or leaving us a 60-second voicemail at anchor.fm slash keepingtheyuletidegay. So one of my favorite Christmas memories is... Um, John and I had just started dating. We'd been dating um, for a couple of months, and he invited me to um, go to his sister's for Christmas, um, which was about a four-hour trip. And we get there, and everybody's opening presents and everything, and um, I didn't think that they would have anything for me. And then they pulled out um, a present just for me, and... Um, his sister had gotten me, um, a teddy bear, a little Christmas teddy bear, and it had a gift card on it. And I thought that was really special because we had only been dating for a couple months. And even if it was last second, they remembered to get me something. So I would have something to open. So that's one of my favorite Christmas memories. And that I just eventually ended up becoming part of that family. Um, like six months later is a bonus. Well, that wraps up this month's episode. Links for Ned's items are in the show notes, as well as Carol's Queen recommendations. Please like, subscribe, and follow us to stay up to date on all new episodes of the show. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Owltale, Audio Junkie, ListenNotes.com, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. I hope you come back for our next episode as we continue to put the mess in Christmas. Have a safe and happy Halloween. Bye. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Yuletide Gay, the first Noel, Oh Christmas Tree. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, the 12 Days of Christmas, and Silent Night, the Disco Edition are all provided by freexmasmp3.com. <laughs>